Welcome to another episode of Rebel City Podcast. This week's episode is Mike Stuckbury. Mike's a prominent Twitter user who um, has been very vocal about mental health and the rise of the right wing. And uh, the reason that I wanted Mike on the show and invited him on is because he was doorstepped by Tommy Robinson. So in this episode, we talk about UK politics, we talk about the rise of the right wing, why young people are turning to it. We also talk about Count Dankula, Carol Benjamin, the young UKIPers that are running for MSP or MEPs. Um, but then we got on to the actual doorstepping um, that Tommy Robinson did. Uh, after a, a public outing of Tommy on Twitter, Mike had the pleasure of Tommy turning up at his door at 11 o'clock at night and then coming back at 5 o'clock in the morning. So we have a, a conversation about that and the effects that it has had on Mike. We talk about John Ronson, public shaming. I just had a really nice conversation. I think both me and Matt agreed after we'd finished that he's a thoroughly nice guy. He's a very intelligent man. And I just love his content. Um, if anybody disagrees with some of the stuff that we say here or anything that's said, please engage. Um, I don't want people to be offended or think that we are... Uh, just loving up to each other here, like absolutely not. Um, we challenge Mike on some of the stuff that's been coming out in the past couple of weeks around um, asking for funding. And um, I hope you enjoy the episode. But again, please, if you want to reach out, we're on Twitter at Rebel City Paul, at Rebel City Matt, and at Rebel City Podcast. So without further ado, here's the episode. So welcome to another episode of Rebel City Podcast. Um, we're doing audio only this week, which is probably best because we're doing another Skype call and previous Skype calls, I think me and Matt agree that the video is a bit pointless. Yeah, I don't really enjoy shouting at a mic and a TV screen. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Sitting screaming at a TV screen, but an absolute pleasure to have this week's guest. Um, our, this week's guest is Mike Stutchbury. How's it going, Mike? I'm good, thank you. So, it's... thanks for coming on, mate. Yeah, it's great to have you, man. Yeah. Thanks, thanks. It's good. Yeah. Um, you're a very prominent Twitter user. I think I think is probably the best way to say it. Um, but um, you've got a, a, a very big following on Twitter, and you came to my mm. attention um, around some of this sort of historical stuff that you tweet about. But just bearing in mm. mind that some of your followers might not know who you are, do you mind just giving us a wee bit of your background and introduce yourself? Okay. Uh, well, yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm Mike Stutchbury. Um, I'm originally from Australia. I moved to the UK about five years ago. Um, I'm a writer, uh, a historian, uh, increasingly a, a journalist now these days. Um, and uh, as, as was previously mentioned, I've sort of developed a, rep a bit of a reputation for talking about history on Twitter and uh, various other subjects, including uh, far right, uh, mental health, stuff like that. Yep. So, yeah. Yeah, I think what brought you to my attention was I had had a debate um, with, with somebody that's a mutual friend um, yeah. who uh, was saying that the, the Nazis were socialists and it just so happened at the time that you had done a big, huge sort of feed um, on Twitter yeah. around how Nazis weren't socialists and how they had sort of used the name and manipulated <laughs> it. Um, yeah. So, yeah, that was how you came to my attention. Um, and I think that, yeah, I'd seen somebody say that you're a, a Twitter educator. <laughs> well, I'd like to th I'd like to think that um, 
that you know I, I used to be a teacher so right. i'd like to think that that in 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 the twitter threads there is a bit of a, a bit of teaching involved because you know, you know I, I like sort of um, getting getting the point across uh, you know sort of teaching people stuff that they didn't know before so I, I mean i think that was that was that was the thing about the whole nazis and socialism thing in that um that there is a lot of time and effort being expended to sort of persuade people that uh you know the nazis were one thing when there's a wealth of historical evidence to suggest that they they really didn't embody what what socialism was yes. supposed to be or you know on multiple levels so yeah. i think yeah yeah that so if i can educate that's a good thing yeah definitely so was it history that you you taught yes i yes i taught history um i mean i, I went to when i went to university i i, I sort of majored in um, medieval and uh, sort of late roman history and then after graduating university i went and worked as a teacher but after a couple of years of teaching, I I went and worked for the Australian government as a as a researcher, All and right. that. Sorry, did I, you? I get said that oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I went and worked for the Australian government um, as a researcher, and my my job was essentially working with museums and galleries to interpret their artifacts as materials for schools. So you know, I, I'd have different stuff every week. I might have a like you know a, a medieval coin one day i might have a piece of ned kelly's armor the next day you know um things that related to australian history and world history um mm. and then i uh then i went i went back to teaching um so yeah the, i mean the the, the history stuff was has always been something that i've been involved with and then uh you know in the last couple of years starting around 2009 i started to work as a as a journalist um writing about history for newspapers and websites in Australia. So it sort of snowballed from there as well. Excellent. Mm. What made you come to the UK? Uh, I was I was living in Germany. I was teaching in Germany at, at an international school in Stuttgart. And then uh, there was a there's a huge military base in Stuttgart, which basically is the reason for the school being there, because you have lots of lots of army kids, uh, you know, the, the generals and the majors, all, all, the, all the brass and their kids there. Mm. Um, also, you know, it's a it's Stuttgart's a place where it has a lot of a lot of car companies, so you have a lot of international executives there. So I was teaching there, and um, then the, the U.S. military had a big sort of shutdown over a couple of years. So I needed to find a new job because it was like you know last in, first out. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I saw a job for a sort of teaching job in in Great Yarmouth, and you know uh, we were wondering what we were going to do next. My wife, my wife who is German. Is a bit of an anglophile, so she said, "Oh, let's try that." So we went and worked in. Uh, I went and worked in um, Great Yarmouth for a year, which was a bit of a mistake. But that—that's what brought us to the. That's what brought us to, to England, um, and yeah, <laughs> it's been a bit of a wild ride ever since. Yeah. How, mm. did, how does your experiences in England like? Did you think it would be anything like this? Um, no, I, I mean, I I was I was shocked. At the at the dip in the standard of living between Germany and and England, and I was I was I was shocked at some of the some of the social problems, which uh, you know things like homelessness and and, and um, to, uh, some aspects of crime and you know things that that are 
a bit more under control on mainland Europe, aren't so much under control here. And I thought that, you know, I've sort of found that to be quite, quite surprising. I, I wasn't ready for the drop in living standards mm. to be that quite that much. That's really interesting because as somebody that's lived in the UK or Scotland their full life, the mm. I, I think I would have thought that we mm. had on par, if not mm. a higher living standard yeah. than the rest of Europe, the way that it's portrayed in this well, country. I would, I would suggest that in Scotland you probably do, but in, in, in parts of England, in the parts of England that I went to, yeah, no, <laughs> definitely mm. not. Mm. I think there are some regional differences within the UK. I think that that England has dropped the ball somewhat. You know, I'm, I'm always hearing about, you know, I'm sort of, when I've been arguing with people about the NHS and people, mm-hmm. and I sort of say, okay, you pay a flat rate for prescriptions. And, you know, I have like Welsh and Scottish people coming in saying, no, you don't. So, yeah. you know, it's, it's things like that. It's little things like that that sort of actually, they're pretty small, but they actually do make a large difference in terms of quality of life for a lot of people. I think so, there's some pretty yeah. um, sort of, well-known figures on like pensions and comparisons mm. along similar kind of like social programs across Europe and in the UK, which would probably back that up pretty substantially. I mean, um, mm. I, I'm not, I'm personally not surprised that you know your opinion of the UK lags behind Europe. To be honest with you, mm. especially given you know the current mm. climate. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and you got to remember, I was coming from Stuttgart, which is um, probably one of the more comfortable, I mean, you know, well-off cities in Germany. I mean, it's a yeah. it's a massive center, corporate center. So, yeah, there 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 is some differences in terms of state governments even in Germany. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, the, the dip was was really surprisingly. I mean, it was a, it was a, it was a surprising gap. Mm-hmm. And I mean, you know, it it's, it was just interesting, even even within the fact. That, I mean, I was working in Great Yarmouth, which is a, a deprived area. It was, mm-hmm. It's got some of the most deprived council wards in England. Mm-hmm. And then I'd get on the bus and go to Norwich. And Norwich is a completely different story. I mean, Norwich is, is doing very well. It mm-hmm. has excellent services. I mean, they, they complain about it there, but compared to, to other parts of the country, I mean, they're, they're doing really well. So it's, it's, it's just funny that, um, you know, there maybe what I should be saying is that, you know, I was surprised at the, at the dips in, in inequality between you know, even within regional areas, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. And would you say that obviously spotting these differences would be maybe part of the reason why you you kind of take up some of these causes and talk about them online? Is that is that what drove? Yeah, yeah, sure, sure. Because you know, I'm. I mean, I'm. I'm not going to. I'll admit. I mean, I, I grew up. I had a very comfortable upbringing in Australia, and Australia. Hello. Be, uh, you there? Uh, Oh, I think it's... it's... Backwards and slightly racist. I so, mean, some of sorry, them sorry Mike, we just, um, we just lost... In Australia, lost. There's, some, there's some pretty incredible um, social... Oh, did you get that? Yeah. Sorry, there was a... Yeah, a sorry. We, I think yeah. you're losing signal. I think the Skype's sort of cutting in and out the audio. So you were saying that um, the you you grew up and yeah, so comfortable in Australia. Australia. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I had a, a comfortable upbringing in Australia and... You know, there are stereotypes about Australia being slightly backward and, and you know, slightly racist and, yeah. and yeah, things like that. But Australia has an extraordinary social safety net. I mean, you know, there are issues in Australia as well. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, I, I, I was shocked at sort of coming to, to sort of mainland Europe and sort of 
thinking, okay, well, oh, wait, you, you guys haven't got this stuff covered. I mean, you know, yeah. I mean, it's not perfect in Australia, but, you, you know, and, and, and to think about it, I mean, you know, we're talking about economies of scale here. We're talking about yeah. all sorts of, yeah. you know, it's a lot more work in Europe to get some of these things going. It's only 20, what, 23 million people in Australia. Mm-hmm. But, it is, you know, it was really surprising to see that, um, you know, these a lot of these problems haven't been addressed. So I yeah. think that was... I mean, that in the was, UK, we, we live motivated. in what, sorry, we, we live in what the, the the eighth richest economy in the planet, something like that. Mm. I think that yeah. to to think mm. that we don't have the basics covered, um, like you were going back to the NHS, to say that yeah. in Scotland mm. we don't pay for our prescriptions, but in England they mm. pay for their prescriptions. The English people or people in England almost mm. come back with, uh, well, English people subsidise that and. I, I want people to realise that everybody should have free prescriptions, that we can afford these things, yep. that we're, only, we're yeah. told that we can't afford them, but it's absolute nonsense that we've got enough money. Yeah. Um, if Germany can afford to pay 24, 25 grand to its pensioners, then the UK can afford to pay 24, 25 grand to its pensioners because we are a rich nation, yeah. ultimately. Yeah. I would suggest that there's a lot of societal... I think a lot of the issues are based in, and rooted in those old sort of national identities and stuff i mean you just sort of said like you know english people talking about subsidizing the scots yeah i mean that you know that's 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 garbage that's 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 a remnant of 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 centuries past yeah and you know quite offensive and i mean i mean one thing that makes sort of heartens me is that young people sort of don't seem to be pulling that shit basically yeah Mm -hmm. (laughs) it's one of the core Um, sort of tenets of the the well hopefully the upcoming independence debate is that if for a second England was subsidising Scotland, the English would saw Scotland off at Hadrian's Wall and push it off yeah. into the sea. You know what I mean? <laughs> um, but yeah, so that is a pretty facile argument. One one of the things that when we talk about the differences between your time in Australia, your time in Europe, and obviously you know your time in the UK, um, I, moving on to kind of similarities, one of the things that I know you've had a number of debates around and and kind of engage with people on and I think for what man it might be one of these stereotypes we were talking about but one mm. of my sort of impressions of Australia is that the immigration debate is is a massive massive thing because I think in UK politics they use the Australian immigration system almost as a kind of like go word you know when they talk we've well, heard Boris yeah, Johnson yeah. and these guys talking about let's bring an Australian system in but like mm. That's it's, it's, a, it's pretty fraught with difficulty for us to do that. Mm. Um, and I mean, you know, Australia is 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 somewhat isolated, and there are there are ways in which to sort of you know make sure that that system, that point system, works within within our ge- you know a geographical area. Yeah. And and in, in terms of you know economic inflow and you know. Yeah, basically, it's much easier to to enable the point system when you're not sort of basically connected to mainland Europe. Mm-hmm. Um, with and and you know people are going to find different ways to get in if mm-hmm. even if you sort of bring that sort of system in. Mm-hmm. But the thing you need to think about when you think about the Australian system is okay. Yeah, sure, we've got a, a points based system for bringing in professionals, um, but that system is massively rorted all the time. I mean, mm-hmm. there's all, all all manner of of scandals. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's even been some federal politicians been involved in in securing visas for for um, for people who haven't have plainly not been yeah. uh, qualified. 
But the thing is, the other thing is that, you know, uh, if you think about the Australian system, Australia puts people in what are essentially concentration camps offshore. Yep. If they, you know, it's, it's one rule for the, for, the, for the prosperous and one rule for the people who are really, really quite hurting. I mean, oh, you know, I mean, I, I it's been since I was, I, I'm, I'm, I'm almost 40. I turn 40 next year. Right. Um, but the debate over offshore processing has been going on since at least I was 20 years old. Mm-hmm. So that's, you know, half my life. There's been this raging debate over whether we actually yeah. put people in in offshore detention camps. And there have been suicides. There have been, you know, people with yeah. PTSD. I mean, at the moment, there's a debate raging in Australia over um, a, a law was passed saying, yeah, we can bring people in from these offshore camps for medical treatment in Australia. Mm-hmm. And there are still politicians Sort of trying to make um, kind of similar to the Cali jungle, you know, where the, our politicians yeah. are farming, you know, asylum seekers out to other countries to try and, you know, make political points rather than actually any meaningful debate. You know what I mean? Yeah, 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 exactly. So it's it it there is a lot of point scoring, and and it's you know it it, it it's turned into a bit of a shit show actually. So yeah. um, I think our politics yeah, has actually ended up just point scoring almost yeah. like nothing meaningful actually i mean if i think about since mm. the the brexit two two mm. years ago even if we go back to in, the independence referendum and since almost mm. like cameron and clegg mm. and it, the political mm. debate has been reduced down to just point scoring i mean we can see now that there's politicians that have went from remain to brexit back to voting mm. for deals not voting for deals simply i mean simply just to political point score yeah, and I think that's 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 really got to do. I mean, we've we've had the 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 twenty four hour news cycle for what almost thirty years now, mm-hmm. but you know, with the with the advent of the internet and 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 social media, I mean, it's it's that much worse. I mean, all there is is reacting to the moment. Yeah. So there's no time for really considered debate, and I think that's one of the things that's really sort of messed up um, the whole Brexit process. I mean, don't get me wrong, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a hardcore Remainer. I'm I'm a hundred percent in favor of the eu but one of the things that really messed up the process is the fact that that um the whole like everything around brexit is reported you know every you know there's multiple reports a day you know people are constantly reporting about it so politicians are always having to be reactive Mm -hmm. that that causes so many log jams and so many problems because you know if they if they sort of say okay well that was the situation 10 (laughs) basically 10 minutes ago yeah um this is what the situation is now, and, and you know they sort of contradict themselves, and they're going to be eaten alive. So, yeah, they're protecting you know, their careers before the interests yeah, exactly. of the country. And and we, you know we're not talking about modest salaries here. We're talking about some insanely yeah top. You know you know if you, if you're an elected official in Australia or above a local councillor, if you know if you're an MP, um, you're doing really 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 well as you should. But um, yeah, yeah, what's an MP salary here? Like seventy-five grand, eighty grand. Yeah. I think over and above just the MP salary. <laughs> uh, yeah, you get the expenses, but over and above the MP salary is that all of these people know that at the other side, if they play the right games and they make the right decisions and give people mm. the right access to the political mm. uh, class and the political spectrum, they know when they get out the other side that they're going to have a job for life. They're going to have salaries for life. Mm-hmm. Um, mm. I think that's the other sort of worrying aspect. Things like Owen Jones's, um the establishment shining a light on the fact that politicians not only 
are interested in politics and being politicians, but also they're playing the long game. Yeah. Um, mm. Thinking about their million millions of pounds that they're going to make once yeah. they leave politics. The revolving door between exactly. the public and yeah. private yeah. sector. I mean, you know, the, the golden handshakes, the, the 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 pensions that they get. Again, mm. uh, obscene. I mean, that's the only word that you can use to describe them. So, and and, and I mean. If you look at the, you know, who attends debates in the House of Commons, that mm. some of the most uh, uh, packed debates are those, or, or most packed votes are those in which they're paying, uh, they're um, they're voting for salary increases, yeah, or mm-hmm. their pension cap. So it's, you know, it's, I think as well in relation to you know the UK and Brexit, yeah. the, the same kind of thing can be seen in recent weeks where, and again, I, I know you've had a lot of back and forth with some of these guys, like the. The guys who are standing for election at UKIP yeah. uh, and the upcoming European election. So these are guys that have campaigned, you know, tirelessly for the best part of some of them forty years to get the UK out of the the EU. You know, it, in essence, happens. And all I seem to see on Twitter is these guys standing up to run for election. And I, I don't know what any, I don't know what meaningful contribution any of them have made to the European Parliament to this point. And I can't imagine that any of them are seriously interested in making any meaningful contribution to the European Parliament going forward. So it has yeah. to be for me about money, about these opportunities, about these expenses. And, you know, it's, it's a bit disingenuous for me. You know what I mean? That, that you could campaign all your life against something, but then be the first to put yourself forward to stand for it when yeah, it comes yeah, out. Yeah, yeah. And I think, I, think, I think part of it is, I mean, you know, this is something really interesting. I'd love to write a book about about this one day but like the you know the idea of troll culture has sort of gone from sort of you know gone from the internet and it's sort of infected modern modern politics in that mm. you know people like Farage and all that and, and I mean especially the UKIP YouTubers who've who've come in they're not doing it to 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 to, to help people they're yeah. doing it to sort of stick one finger up at people you yeah. know to the bird of people to basically say hey look you know this is this is, I mean, I, you know, in one way it's a protest, but in the other way, I mean, these are still elected officers that, you know, are supposed to benefit, yeah. you know, all of us. But they're just sort of saying, yeah, you know, well, I'm just going to go in here and, 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 and just be an idiot and, yeah. and, you know, just do it for the lulls, basically. Do you think that's what it is? I mean, like, we've, we stay very, mm. very close to uh, Count Dankula. I mean, he's not that mm. far from us. and We're in Glasgow, he's in Eldrie, I think, in Coat Bridge, somewhere yeah. like that, which is on the outskirts of the city. And mm. this guy has used a platform of, like, comedy, like, claiming to be a comedian as mm. a way to almost get his foot in the door, it seems to me. like, um, mm. And that's, that sort of comedy influencer, YouTuber, thing really worries me that 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 they're starting to get a platform yeah. to spew their hate almost it's i think it, i mean trump's the biggest troll of them all i think it's it's not just here that it's happening i think there's you know people are taking advantage of other you know the population's disenchantment with the political process and and as you say these these trolls are being given a platform and i think that's what you know farage and the dankulas and the trumps of this world essentially are you know what i mean they're, they're trolling um and well, I, I, they agree yeah, I will. I will say this for Denkula though. I mean, he at least has at least one policy position. You know, he has he has this, the opposition to Article Thirteen. You know, yeah. Even if he's just trying to protect the memes and stuff like that. I mean, that's a policy position that he can repeat. Now, I mean, I don't know if you guys saw the the interview with Carl Benjamin uh, Sagon of the other day, mm. but he was asked 
you know, what are your, what are your five policy, um, what are five policies that you hope to implement or what are five policy issues that you hope to raise? He couldn't name one of them. <laughs> I mean, you know, it is, I mean, I, I, I sort of see, yeah, they are trying to get a, a platform to spew hate, but I think that at the same, by the same token, they are being shown up as kind of like the lightweights that they are. Yeah. yeah. I mean, the, 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 what was disappointing for me is that we've, I'm not sure if you're aware, but we've got a, a, a prominent podcaster in Scotland called James English. Yeah. Um, and he had Dan Killer on his podcast um, mm. a couple of weeks ago because they had been doing some work for BBC Scotland. Um, mm which was also disappointing that BBC Scotland had given put Dankula on uh, on their platform. But what mm. was worrying for me was is that there was a lot of people in the comments saying, oh, he's actually just a nice guy and he's just doing this for a laugh. And I kind of, mm. I quite like that. It's almost like the their protest against politics and against the mainstream has yeah. been wide, widely felt by a lot of people. Um, and yeah. that worries me. That seriously worries me that people are seeing... This guy is a nice guy. He's yeah. got his dog to do Nazi salutes and he's he's doing racist jokes. Do you know what I mean? I don't think he's a nice guy. I mean, he might be a pleasant yeah. person to have a conversation with, if yeah. like one-on-one, but I don't think that we should be looking at these people and going, oh, they're a nice guy. Just let them say what they like. Yeah, and I mean, I, mean, the, I think, I mean, the, the BBC down in England has, has done, oh, and the media in general has done a better job in, in general, of, of looking at um, Carl Benjamin and who he's linked to, mm-hmm. but I mean, all of the both of these guys, they've they've had conversations and and spent time talking to some real head cases. I mean, Millennial Woes, who you know, Colin Robinson. Are you, are you guys familiar? You're familiar with him? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm not. Sure no, I've not. I've not heard. He's like he's he's a legitimate Nazi. He's he's full on white nationalist. Mm, okay. um, he called for the murder of EU. Um, immigration officials in a in a, in, a, in a video last year i mean he's he's hardcore wow. and i mean if you hang out with these guys and i think I mean, dankula's had generation identity on before okay I mean, they're all they're not you know they might be nice guys and they might you know be pleasant to talk to yeah but they're they're giving a platform to some real real you know bad dudes basically i mean i mean i think some of that ties in quite closely with um you know when you look back at to you know, David Duke taking over the KKK, uh, you know that his his philosophy was to you know make an acceptable face, you know, take off the hoods and wear a suit, like you know, lobby political parties and you know keep the the, the sort of super racist sort of tendencies uh, in the background while you sort of soften your image with people, and that's that's something that is definitely I think in play here where people are softening their image in a certain respect with their joviality and you know potential sort of personal likability but it's it's almost a kind of trojan horse for you know the poison that they're actually spewing yeah no, I, th- I think one of the interesting things is that you know you have these figures who are being made palatable by you know this whole ecosystem of blogs and websites uh, that that sort of you know raise their profile give them Give them a soapbox, and then mm. you know the the read the viewer numbers. The number of people going to these websites is quite large. I mean, the traffic is pretty big, so then yeah. they get invited onto, um, you know, mainstream mm-hmm. media shows. 
yep. mainstream, mainstream media and, and, and given a given a platform. I mean, you know, I'm, ta- I'm talking about sites like you know Breitbart, Breitbart, Breitbart London, and, and you know Spiked and Westmonster and, and things like that. I mean, oh, it's yeah. it's sort of really giving a nice bridge for these guys to mm-hmm. sort of have their have their platform. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. yeah, yeah, I think that that the the discourse of no the discourse the discontent in which these people are feeling like things like Westmonster to me uh yeah I and in Scotland there's a lot of people that are anti Westminster yeah and these right wing people seem to be jumping on that rather mm. than <clears throat> it being a more compassionate conversation about how we can help the disenfranchised and how Westminster are um not how helping. Do, how do we address their feelings? How do we? Yeah, because a lot of these feelings that that they're preying on are valid. Mm-hmm. Um, the government yeah, and the UK have abandoned the working class. Like Labour don't represent the working class anymore, in my yeah. opinion. So this is the the worrying thing for me is is there's a lot of people that have got legitimate concerns, but they're putting yeah. their energy into the wrong place. That's right. That's right. And that's a recipe for disaster because when you have you know the mainstream parties letting people down uh, you will have the extremists come in and start recruiting i mean you know it's it's the same sort of situation you know in the in the in the 1920s in germany i mean like i say to people you know at the moment it's it's not like the weimar republic in germany in the 1920s mm-hmm. but there are echoes yeah but there are things there are similarities i Definitely. mean you know in the 1920s um there was a lot of fraction, a lot of friction between various elements of the left, and and you know there was the SPD and, and yep. the KPD, and and that real, they, you know, a lot of people sort of were really turned off by what the SPD were doing, mm-hmm. and you know they they you know they also they saw the KPD fighting the the stormtroopers in the streets, yeah, but you know the, the stormtroopers were coming out of it looking the better because you know they had their nice uniforms and. You know, they were off running they soup kitchens. In, in, yeah. You know, you know, they were mostly veterans. Yeah. So you, you, they really swooped in. They took advantage, and uh, it's 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 really sort of funny seeing that you say the same sort of things being repeated. I mean, you know, Tommy Robinson's got doing his member of European Parliament run in the Northwest, and you know, he turns up to a housing estate in in Man- near Manchester, mm-hmm. and he starts giving out free hamburgers. And I mean, you know, I'm not saying that he's he's exactly like the stormtroopers of yeah of, 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 of the Weimar Republic, but he's he's it's the same sort of stuff, you know, it's the same sort of. And I think as well is that you know when you look at those times in Germany, and obviously you know some of the similarities that we're talking about just now, like poverty mm. and you know sort of financial distress and the things that people experienced both then and and now as a, a result of government changes, really mm. can you know get people who have got valid concerns doing the wrong things, but it can also then, you know, as it becomes more and more aggressive, more and more down the line, it can become quite violent. Uh, it can become yeah. quite an intimidating thing, as you say, with the stormtroopers and stuff like that. And I think we do see some examples of that in the UK as well, um, mm. where, you know, we've had the, the murder of Joe Cox, and obviously, yeah. you know, there has been a, a fairly sort of violent overtone to some of the debate. Um, and I mean, some of the some of the things that come off of that can be really quite dangerous to individuals. Mm, exactly, exactly. But I think one of the things that really is 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 not being sort of talked about, and it's it, it's a pretty fractious topic, is that, okay, yeah, people want a job, they want a roof over their head, they want to make sure that they, 
are going to be looked after when they're when they're older. Mm-hmm. All those are, are legitimate concerns. Also, you know, not being able to con- you know, interface or or have their concerns heard, that's another major thing. But people also want to feel proud. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. they want to feel some pride in both who they are and, you know, what they're a part of. And yeah. I think that's one thing that really – I've written about this recently in, in the context of history teaching. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, a, a lot of history teaching is sort of, you know, it's it's not sort of relevant to – to what young people are going through because young people want to feel some pride in who they are and where they come from. Right. Mm-hmm. But they're sort of being told that, yeah, you know, the British empire did some really awful things and it did. Don't get me wrong. And yeah. kids should be taught about that. But we also need to sort of highlight some good news stories. Yeah. You know, we need to talk about local heroes. And I mean, that's, that's my, my approach was, you know, we need to talk about local heroes, people who did some good, you know, people in, in your, you know, we need, need to focus on, on teaching people about, you know, the, the guy who was a massive social reformer in mm. your valley or something like that. Yeah. But, you know, if people don't feel proud in who they are, then they are going to look for sources of pride, you yeah. know, or some, you know, somebody who makes them proud of who they are. And that was one of the things in the 1920s in Germany. I mean, you know, an empire had lost a war and it had gone through a revolution and, and become a republic. Mm. But there were still an awful lot of people who remembered imperial germany you know the 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 the, the german reich Mm -hmm. and and they sort of they they needed to you know they needed to feel that sort of sense of of being yearning for an identity exactly exactly and i mean that's that's one of the things i find really interesting is that you know (laughs) the 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 tommy robinson fans look a lot of them are just ex-football casuals i uh, you know I, i i they're a danger but i don't think that they're the most number one the biggest danger that we need to worry about the guys that I think are danger are these sort of nationalists, you know, you, like your, your genera- generation identity and some of your smaller groups who have this idea of, of, you know, a British ethnicity or an English ethnicity that should be preserved at all costs, mm-hmm. you know, and some of, the, some of their, their propaganda is, is quite scary in terms of what they're asking for. I mean, they're talking about, you know, the remigration of, of other groups from, from the UK, which yeah. is, you know, like sending all immigrants home and that's that's you know that's ethnic cleansing let's yeah. let's be real about it and but you know because they got good graphic design and then you know they're well presented bbc yeah. will invite them on news night to talk about their their their, their concerns which is rubbish it's garbage yeah it's not valid. um we'll get back to maybe hopefully we'll get back to the media later if we get if we get a chance mm-hmm. we're, we're running on we've, we've done about 40 minutes just chatting in general but I really yeah. wanted to, I mean, one of the reasons why I was, um, other than what we've just spoke about, like your, the history and you're clearly, I mean, chatting to you, you're clearly a super intelligent guy. And again, thanks for coming on the podcast because I really do appreciate it. But you were doorstepped by Tommy Robinson a while ago. Um, <laughs> That's right. Yeah. And um, do you want to, like, so how did that come about? Like, what was it that you did? Right. Um, I've written about Tommy Robinson in, in, in some detail because I think that he is he is a danger um, based on the way that he operates. So I've written for publications like HuffPost and the, and the, and the Independent, mm-hmm. um, sort of talking about how he uses social media and how he, you know, he's, he's quite, quite cunning in some ways. So, you know, basically alerting people to what was going on. So I, I'd done that for quite a while. I talked about his use of Instagram and um uh, what's the other one? 
Facebook, Facebook just yeah. sort of love stream, yeah, things like that. So you know, obviously, I was on his radar. Now, now back in November, I think October. No, it was October in Huddersfield, New Yorkshire. There was a kid who got a, a, a Syrian refugee called Jamal, who was them uh, beaten up and filmed in in his schoolyard. Yeah, and that went viral, and for many reasons, and. A couple of days after that went viral, Tommy Robinson turned up and started sort of, uh, I can only say trying to sort of uh, talk on behalf, you know, trying to stand, stick up for the bully, basically. And in doing so, he said quite a few things that were defamatory about, well, allegedly defamatory about Jamal, that he was a bully and, you know, he was going around harassing girls and stuff like that, which was, you know, plainly not not real, not yeah. something that he was capable of. Um, so uh, uh, a lawyer uh, brought forward a, a defamation case. Yeah, um, I remember that. That's right. And uh, basically, um, because he he knew of my sort of activism against, I'm writing about Tommy Robinson. He said, "Hey, when we when we go and deliver this letter to his house, can you tweet about it?" So I, I tweeted about it, and um, he took that to mean that I, I came up with the whole idea. Um, yeah which was not the truth and, and has been proven otherwise. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he, he, he turned up to my house at, um, uh, to, at, at quarter to 11 on the, on the 4th of March. And uh, he says he was alone, but there was there was more than one. Um, sort of banging, shouting, asking me to come out, live streaming the whole thing, putting my address out there, saying some very defamatory things. Um, he, he spent about 45 minutes there. Uh, then he left. Um, after the police were, were called, mm-hmm. I turned to my wife and I said, "Yeah, look, I know how Tommy operates. Tommy operates. He's a he's a smart guy. He's not gonna he's not gonna come back uh, twice in the same night. Lo and behold, at five o'clock in the morning, he comes back. He's he's coked off his tits. He had to be. It's the way he was was shouting and yelling, and yeah. he continued for another half an hour, and then uh, suggested that he was going to go to the gym, and he'd be back later. So right. he called the and again and. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, basically for the next couple of weeks, um, me tweeting about a letter going to his house turned into Mike Stutchbury sent six guys with guns over to his place, which is <laughs> insane if you know me. Like, that is the least likely thing that I'm able to do. Yeah. Um, you know, <laughs> I'm very, very mild-mannered. So, yeah, it, it was sort of funny getting thousands and thousands of messages sort of saying you are, you know, you're some sort of antifa general. And yeah. you know, so they, my wife. Are they thinking tweet, that you're on the Soros? Uh, well, no, yeah, Pedro Soros. Just thinking that I was like, you know, a violent leftist terrorist. I mean, that's this <laughs> kind of stuff I'm getting, the and you know, tweets sort of, about medieval German villages. Yeah, <laughs> the yeah. two things don't really go that's, together, do they? That's right. So you know, you know, my wife was pissing herself at the idea that you know this is what I was capable of. Um, but yeah, there was like yeah, lots of hate mail, and police became involved, gave them the hate mail. Um, you know, p- widows turning up to my place. Someone drove from from Reading to ours, which is quite some distance, just to put a, a note in the door saying "I'll be back," which is is that funny. a kick? He's a kickboxer, that guy. Is that right? No, that was that was someone else. But yeah, then the kickboxer guy, he's, he's a sort of local, turned up and was taking pictures outside our house and all that kind of stuff. So it was. So is this yeah. a pretty common tactic with these guys? Is this, is, is it, you, you know, like, like, speak this up is and the, this is what you're in for? This is the really interesting thing um, because 
I've written about this and I've sort of talked to victims of his harassment mm. and you sort of d- you develop an idea of how he operates. And it's, it was, it was, it was funny when it was sort of all happening. I mean, yeah, there was a lot, of, there was a hell of a lot of stress and anxiety because you know, having hundreds of thousands of, of people, you know, going at you for weeks at a time mm-hmm. does have mm-hmm. a serious effect and it did make me ill. But it was funny, just it was funny just saying, okay, yep, tick this box. Yep, now he's doing this, tick this box. Now this is coming happening, tick this box. So yeah, it was I can't imagine what it would have been like if I didn't know how he operated. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What kind of impact has that had on you personally and your family, man? I mean, I I can't imagine. Yeah. I mean, obviously like well, I can hear that you you're I mean, we're laughing about it now, but it must yeah. have had some sort of lasting impact on you. Oh, no, well, it, like it, I mean, you know, in, in the past, I've, I've, I mean, I've been very open about the fact that I've, I've suffered from anxiety and depression, and mm. and this, you know, this causes a flare-up. So there have, you know, there were there were times where I'd be sort of afraid to go out of the house mm-hmm. for for a few, for a few weeks there, but it was only through through talking to people and a bit of, you know, a bit of therapy somewhat that um, I was able to sort of get back on it because it is it does have like that much attention that quickly and that much sort of negative abuse that quickly does have a huge effect. Yeah. And you know, it's, it's something I, I would like to sort of write about in the future. Like, you know, I mean, John Ronson wrote a good book about it saying, you know, you've been shamed. Yeah. Um, what that, an excellent book, man. Absolutely outstanding yeah, book. Yeah. But this is kind of like a, uh, you know, sort of a version of that, 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 the sheer amount of it, it 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 does it sort of really cracks your psyche in a way sort of yeah you sort of second question second guess yourself and i mean that's something that i've sort of been talking to my wife about recently you know i'll i'll, I'll decide something i'll say something and then i'll immediately second guess myself mm-hmm. based on the fact that i've had yeah. you know it, it going after me for for you know the last couple of weeks i'll be like it's going to leave you with pause for thought the right, i did the right thing or, or you know i'm not a bad person am i and I mean, you know, I'm laughing about that now, but it, it, it did have a, a quite a, a serious effect. Mm-hmm. But I mean, in a, in a good way, it's sort of, I mean, you know, I, I, I do a lot of writing. I sort of write most days. Mm-hmm. And this has sort of really helped me um, focus that and, and sort of writing has sort of given me an outlet to talk about it. And that's been really useful and helpful, that's, I think, in some ways. That's awesome to hear, man, because like, yeah, being creative, turning that type of situation and a creativity and, and having an outlet for it that's yeah definitely man that's that's amazing to hear that there's been a sort of positive outcome to it. and i think keeping on with what you do for you is possibly the biggest insult that you can throw in these people's direction is that they've tried to drown you in an avalanche of negativity because you disagree with them and all it's done is push you further down the road that you were already on and, well, and that, yeah, that I mean, takes a lot of guts success is the best revenge i mean i'd sort of been writing about the far right for a while and and the whole incident sort of put my name in front of some people who are in a position to sort of help me make that more a part of what i do mm-hmm. so i mean you know there's a chance i might be writing a book about it which is like just about the rise of the far right in general mm-hmm. um well, for the layman, like you know, not a sort of an academic text. Yeah. More like a, you know, sort of a, a like a, like a John Ronson kind of piece, basically, mm-hmm. just sort of going on a journey, basically, and and sort of saying, okay, why we thought we had these bastards locked down, why are yeah. we these guys coming in trying to make hay out of people's fears now? So it's that's kind of like a 
kind of like what's gonna what's on the what's on the horizon for me. Yeah, that's class, mate. That's brilliant. And um, that I actually had a question. I mean, it's surpri- it, it's it's actually very it's cool that you mentioned John Ronson because I've just listened to uh, Butterfly Effect last day's August, and I've just been listening to the audiobook uh, You've Been Shamed. So that's all been in the last sort of four weeks. I've got right into the John Ronson stuff. So it's just funny that you say that. Um, but do you think that this sort of thing? Um, that so the Tommy Robinson doorstepping is a sign that the, the abuse that people get online will just end up in like real life that that type of sort of trolling um, where it's normally faceless trolling that happens to people when they get shamed online do you think that this is going to turn into more of what we see in real life it's, it's funny that you sort of say real life because i think that um you know there was a time a couple of years ago when when you could say oh yeah it's just the, just stuff online that's that's um you know it's not it's not happening in real life but i think people are starting to wise up to the fact that the stuff that happens online does constitute a big part of our lives and yeah. that it does hold validity it's not you know just pissing about and and yeah. saying you know calling each other names that it it, it is a represent rep- uh, you know a very representation very real representation of who we are and yeah. you know what we represent I so, think when we get to the point yeah, that people it is. Are... I think it is because people are sort of i think people do sort of say okay if he does something to me online that's who he really is mm. um i think that the troll excuse is not working as much anymore if you know what i mean yeah like it's like you know you are you are who you are and and that's and if you say stuff online, then you need to, you are sort of going to be, well, some people think you need to be held to account for it. Yeah. And I mean, we are, we are seeing certain individuals being held to account with their online. Um, we're seeing quite a few people being, including uh, uh, Robinson, being deplatformed. Um, mm. And do you, do you think that works or do you think that stokes the fire and just gives them more attention? Well, I think that's a that I mean the thing that I think is really useful here. I mean a lot of people saying the platform doesn't work, deplatforming doesn't work. They'll just go elsewhere. But here's the thing about Tommy Robinson, right? He's been kicked off Instagram and Facebook. He needed Instagram and Facebook because they allowed him to live stream from places to go and say, "Okay, here I am. I'm reporting from here." Or the the the, the tactic that he used was he'd he'd highlight something, and then he'd have thousands of fans go his way and start harassing someone. So for example, there was a, there was a, a, a rape crisis line in Buckinghamshire and he sort of, uh, and they had a notice for a, uh, a special line for um, Asian women. And he took offense to that and he put it on his Facebook and it was shut down for a couple of days because they had that much abuse going their yes, way. Yes, that's right. Mm-hmm. And, so that causes controversy. That causes people going and checking about what he, going and seeing what he's all about. Okay, that sort of provides, in a way, people are sort of thinking, okay, oh, what's 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 Tommy going to do next? Yeah. So they sort of pay attention, right? Now he's 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 stuck to Telegram, which is a, a messaging service. He doesn't have that sort of reach. He doesn't have that sort of ability to to, to be like TV Tommy. Mm-hmm. We can do is is post these blogs and, and and videos and 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 stuff like that. It's it's, it's yeah, it, like it really does reduce his ability to 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 grow his audience. Mm. That's the that's the main thing. He wants to grow his audience. Now he can't. I mean, he had 
something like close to a million followers on Facebook and similar on mm-hmm. on Instagram. Yeah, over a million on Instagram. But now he's 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 gloating about having twenty thousand followers on Telegram, which is you know it's a big yeah, it's difference. Yeah, a big drop. And do you yeah. think the the notion of deplatforming uh, or mm. you know obviously minimising their exposure in these ways mm. is there a chance that allows them to maybe play the victim with some people? Yeah, of, 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 yeah, absolutely. They they it does. I mean that that is one of the big problems is that they'll say, oh my my freedom of speech is being. Is being, you know, I'm being censored, and they will, they will drive sympathy in their direction mm-hmm. once they're big platform. But at the same, by the same token, you've got to take what they've said and show it to people and say, look, this is what he said to get banned or knocked off, um, yeah, or YouTube or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I mean, one of the one of the bad things with Tommy getting kicked off Facebook and Instagram, even though I, you know, something I was actively arguing for, is that Facebook are really bad about telling people why they were kicked off. Okay. And they haven't been really public about the stuff that he was kicked off for. Mm-hmm. So I think what they need to do, I mean, if, if, if they're going to kick a high-profile person like Tommy off, off, off Facebook, is that they really do need to um, clearly sort of, at least to the media or to, or, or to him, they need to explain their reasoning, yeah. okay? so, But, but showing people um, what these people have said really sometimes does the, does the trick. I mean, if, you know, with Carl Benjamin being kicked off of Twitter, um, you could there are things you could point to. You could sort of say, okay, yeah, here's, here's the time that he was he was, you know, posting gay porn at people, or here's the time that he was calling somebody, uh, you know, names, mm-hmm. and 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 there's you know people could sort of say, oh, well, that that kind of is really, really offensive, mm-hmm. or not 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 so much offensive as it's 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 um how do I put this. You know, it's it's obviously showing that he's not not acti- not acting in good faith. Yeah, it's unpalatable. Yeah. yeah, yeah, like you know, it's it's clearly in violation of the terms of service of the of the, the, the platform that he's using. So you're saying that guys like Facebook and that should use the deplatform and guys like, for example, Tommy Robinson, as you know, if they were more clear about the reasons why and in the instances that caused it, yeah. it could become more a line in the sand for other people. Yeah, well, you know, I, I I almost think that you know if they do give him like a strike, then they need to sort of say, okay, this page has been flagged for, mm-hmm. um, you know, hate speech on in, in this area, or at least you know show people what they've been, what they've been flagging people yeah. for, because I, that lack of transparency does make people think, oh, you know, it's the establishment trying to silence him, whereas it's you know, hundred percent. I mean, all they would really yeah. need to do is have somewhere where you could go. And it would just be if people have been banned or deplatformed, you can click in and you can see why. Um, yeah. I mean, and that would that, be so simple for them to set up. Like, yeah. I mean, you know, uh, people say, oh, you know, then that's, that's just spreading their hate. But, you know, if you sort of say, okay, he's been deplatformed for, let's say, hate speech against Muslims, and you sort of show the post, mm-hmm. then I think most people are going to say, well, okay, yeah, that, that, that does violate the terms of service i mean fair enough private company they can they can do their own thing yeah, yeah. i mean there's a, there's a there's a lot of people who like there's a lot of um you know right wing or sort of more right aligned people online who say um yeah but you know facebook are like the the public square now or they're the they're the place where most people spend their time mm. you know people need to have fair, you know we need to have equal representation but you know when you think about it these guys <laughs> who are who, who claim to be all about freedom and about um, 
you know, free expression, freedom, having living your own life, having as many choices as possible. What they're arguing for is a regulation of social media. Yeah, and and a lot of yeah. senses are probably no any different to the politicians because when we talked earlier on about the politicians and how they want to protect their you know their incomes and their opportunities and stuff like that. There's almost a kind of similar thing because I don't necessarily believe everything that I hear from politicians and I've got to be honest with you, when we talk about the various sort of incarnations of the far and alt-right or however we're sort of classifying them these days, I'm not sure I believe a lot of what they say or that they believe a lot of what they say either. I think that a lot of them are almost playing caricatures um, to, you know, up their profile and potentially, you know, pad their incomes and stuff like that because... This is a career for a lot of them. This isn't a calling or a, an actual cause. This is something that a lot of them have just stumbled into through other means and decided that this they is, can line their pockets off it. This is, I mean, I, I when Tommy Robinson was in, in Salford in February uh, doing his thing about Panorama, I, I spoke at, at the at the counter-rally there. And then the, the, the thing that I was saying essentially was, you know, a lot of people are. You're probably expecting me to sort of liken Tommy Robinson to a Nazi or something. I'm. I'm not. I'm going to liken him to a gangster. Yeah. You know, he's he's, he's moving a product. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm sure. I'm. I, you know, I'm pretty sure that he doesn't believe everything he says, but he is using hatred towards a certain group to line his pockets. Yeah. And if he's if he's not doing what he does, he's not going to be making money. I mean, you know, he's he's worked. In, he's got himself a nice little niche where he gets. Um, Middle East and the Middle East Forum over in, in the US and other think tanks to support what he does, mm-hmm. and yeah, so he's he's a gangster. He's not a, he's not a. He's, was, he, was he online recently at some holiday or other, telling people, telling his followers mm. how he, they had paid for his holiday without even, you mm. know, an mm. ounce of shame. Yeah, yeah, and you know, there was a video. There was a video. I think at you know end of March where he was coked off his nut in. In Bologna, in Italy, sort of, sort of saying, you know, I can score coke wherever I go. And, oh. You know, <laughs> the thing is, you know, he, people, this is money that he's he's raised off of donations, yeah, ostensibly to fight the scourge of of, of uh, Islamification of Britain. So, yeah. you know, it's it's you know, it, it's it's a lot of, so it's, it's performance. Yeah. It's performance. Yeah. yeah. On on that sort of point, I mean, <clears throat> in the last sort of couple of weeks, like you've had a quite a fair amount of people on Twitter come at you because that you've been vocal about the way that they raise funds and people almost mm. saying that well you've raised funds then mm. um and and basically just slang shit at you about like having holiday homes and people just coming up mm. with with sort of some <laughs> holiday home. <laughs> yeah I, I think I'd seen somebody saying that yeah that, that yeah, yeah, yeah holiday no, home the situation the situation there is you know I I I, I, I I used to live in Germany, as I said before. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I got paid a lot more money than I got paid now than I get paid now to um, yeah. over there. We 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 bought the flat next door. It's tiny. It's a tiny flat. It's not a big one. Uh, it's it's a shoebox. Um, and and you know, I happened to mention that I you know, I mean, there's a family that's been living there for 20 years. Um, we we bought it because we were thinking that we were going to to move into it one day, mm-hmm. and we still might move into it one day. Um, but yeah, we haven't. <laughs> It's 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 one of those situations where we haven't raised the rent in something like five years, and you know they're they're fantastic. They they do they're very the 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 person who lives there is a very skilled handyman. So you know it's a it's a it's a good arrangement. Um, but you know the you know 
I've I have crowdfunded in the past before when I've had situations where you know at, for many reasons and at the moment one of them is you know Tommy and and friends sort of interfering with my ability to 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 work um, which they have mm-hmm. and I mean there's a big difference between saying hey look guys there's you know I'm I'm having a bit of a, a tough time mm-hmm. at the moment um, if you like what I do. You know, if if you can, yeah. you can tip me or send me a buck or two, and there's a there's a difference between that kind of thing, and there's a difference between sort of saying, you know, Tommy's saying, or you know, Carl's saying, or any of these people saying, oh, fund my work, um, you know, whereas it feels to me like one of, one of the main tactics for me when it comes to far right, alt right, as we've been discussing, is that mm. tactic number one when facing criticism is to mm. accuse the enemy of what you're doing already. So it's, it's exactly. smoke and mirrors. And to me, as I've yeah. been reading some of the criticism and, and some of your responses in recent weeks, like it almost feels like a concerted effort to, as you say, say, well, hold on, you're, you know, you're basically doing this thing that's negative, but you're yeah, not really right. in your terms. But at the same time, yeah. it's because that's what they're yeah. doing. It's, it's, it's that, yeah, number it's, one, it's is equivalency, stuff. false equivalency. Yeah, it's a false equivalency, and they're trying to get people to um, second guess themselves. Mm-hmm. I mean, I talked before about me second guessing myself, and that's that's the thing. I mean, you know, there was um, <laughs> there was one part in early March where I actually turned to my wife in the midst of all of this stuff happening and all these hate messages, and I said, "Hey, I didn't really send those people to Tommy's house, did I? You know, <laughs> I didn't do that. I mean, like." You know, I'm not I'm not tripping balls or anything. Like I I really did not do that. And she was like, No, of course you didn't. <laughs> I was yeah. like, I sort of looked at you know, I was re- I was reading my own communications, and 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 things that I talked to people about. And I was like, Yeah, 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 no, no, I just tweeted about it. I just tweeted about it. That's all I did. But yeah, they will. They will try to um. They will try to to break you by by making you question reality i mean it's a it's a, it's, yeah. a, it's an old tactic it's a it's a super old tactic um it's, yeah, it's um yeah. i mean just just for the historical reference there was a there was and it's interesting because it comes kind of from the left here um in east germany when there was an, an opponent of the state who was not doing something that they agreed with um there was a policy called zerstorung which is basically called yeah, it translates as disintegration, right. and they'd be doing exactly the same thing. Mm-hmm. They'd accuse the person of of doing whatever that they were criticizing criticizing the regime of, only on a smaller scale, and they would just keep it up. And it would be coming from all quarters. I mean, like you know, they're not only coming from the from a government official, it would be coming from a neighbor, and mm-hmm. you know, all sorts of people. Yeah. And it would slowly be supposed to wear you down mm-hmm. until you sort of said, until you you know questioned reality itself, and you were like, okay, no. Um, I'm in the wrong here. Never mind me. Yeah, that kind of thing. Does that make sense? Absolutely. And it's, it, it, it's a t- it's a topic that the right wing love these days. Mm-hmm. Uh, a topic that the right wing love to use is, is is getting you to question everything about what you're doing. Mm-hmm. It's it's funny. It's like you know, love bombing and and then the false equivalency. Those are the two big tactics. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think like when I was reading through some of the stuff, like. Um, I, I I said to my girlfriend that if somebody like Blind Boy um has got his own podcast and he's got Patreon and he he puts something out there that's of value to people, then people could can donate to him and 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 help him make a living through what he's doing. And when I was looking through your Twitter feed, I was like, this is it's the the content on there is one it's 
consistent, but two, it's of value to me. Mm. When I was looking at it, I was thinking the stuff that mm. you put out there is valuable. So, yeah. I, I, well, I, guess, I mean, I reached the point about like a year and a half ago where I thought this is what I enjoy doing. I like I like telling these stories, mm. and and actually, this year I've been doing a lot more writing on 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 websites and. You know, to be honest, the thing that I started doing with them was I, you know, there's a there's a a blog in Germany. It's like an English news blog in Germany uh, that's read by lots of you know English speakers over there. And I just went to them and I say, hey, look, um, can I write for you guys for free? I just want to, I just want to tell stories about German history because yeah. you know that's one of my big areas of interest. And they're like, uh, yeah, you can. I mean, I get I get paid for that now, but um, uh, that's what I love doing. I love telling those stories, and mm-hmm. and I'm I'm kind of sad because I sort of, you know, have, have been a bit distracted lately and I want to get back to sort of telling a lot of those stories. But um, I'm happy to say that there are there are some more, some better things, you know, <laughs> happier days are ahead. Yeah. I mean, like, I'll be telling a lot more stories and, and there's a lot more things sort of coming up that I'm basically going to be putting through my Twitter, which is, um, yeah. To. And I mean, that, that that point about, you know, if if, there, if, are, if you are making content, then it's it's perfectly reasonable to, to ask you know, ask for a buck. And I think the, the value is uh, that type of thing is well established because especially in the, the sort of current context, it's mm. more important than ever that we understand history so that we don't repeat it and that people have the, the context to understand what's going on just now based on, you know, what happened then. So that there is an intrinsic value in, in the information that you're sharing. That's that's right. You know, at the same time, I think that... Um, there's an awful lot of misinformation out there, and I mean, you know, I, I'm 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 real about it. I I tell I tell people I'm, hap- I'm happily to say to them that you know I come from a left wing perspective, mm-hmm. but with the history, I mean, always with the history, I've strived to be fair and balanced in terms of of what I say. Yeah, I mean, I think you'll you'll find that even when you know back in I, I first sort of came to notoriety to sort of talking about um, black Romans in Britain. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, even then, I would say, okay, yeah, there's not many of them, but you can't say that they didn't exist. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you know, I sort of had, mm-hmm. I actually got into to some some pretty um, in depth conversations with people like Mary Beard, you know, the plasticist, yeah, um, about you know how many people were here. And I think you know, I'm I'm I find it much more rewarding. You know, there's a lot of people who are who are trying to you know sell their ideology through history. I'm much mm-hmm. more, I find it much more rewarding to sort of, you know look at the nuance and sort of learn more from that. And I mean, I've, I've learned so much more by taking that approach that it's, it's, it's quite something. Yeah. It's, mm-hmm. it's been very rewarding for me. Mm-hmm. Excellent. So just like one final thing, just before we, we wrap up, like how do you think we move forward for here and not just in the UK, but on like a sort of wider scale, like Trump and America um, there's the, the yellow vest in France, the, uh, calls for like leaving the EU and Italy and Greece, and these types of places. Like, how yeah. would like taking all the, the sort of the, the historical knowledge that you've got? Like, how do we move forward for this? Well, I, I don't want to sound defeatist here, but you know, we can come out on mass and sort of protest against the the rising tide of the right and and authoritarianism. Um, but I don't think that's, I mean, we have to do that. That's, that's useful, mm-hmm. but I think one focus that we really need to pay attention to is working within our local communities 
to provide a sense of community, to provide a sense of solidarity, to provide a sense of, okay, if these idiots come in and start causing trouble, then you're going to have, you know, 50 people turning up to stand up against them. Yeah. Um, just this is a this is an example I use all the time. Um, in my neighbourhood in Germany, it was a very migrant-heavy neighbourhood. It was uh, lots of uh, Turkish people, uh, lots of increasingly lots of refugees, mm-hmm. things like that. Now, it was a great place to live. It was a great place to raise kids, um, and one of the reasons it was was because it was a place that if you were, uh, you know, a neo-Nazi, someone from the NPD or the AFD, you know sort of very right-wing parties, if you walked into the area, you would be met and escorted out. Let's just put it that way. Um, it was. It had a very strong, sol- you know, streak of solidarity through it. It had been a working-class area since the since the turn of the century. Mm-hmm. And none of that, that, that sort of sense of community had never left. And people coming into that community from outside, you know, migrants and things like that, had sort of picked up that, you know, in, in this in the suburb called called Heslach, people look out for one another. Mm-hmm. Um, we can't hope to change the world. We can't hope to, to, to sort of face and fight authoritarianism if we can't look over our, after our own neighbourhoods. So it's, it's all about sort of, you know, organising within our own neighbourhoods and our regions to say, okay, look, this is how we look after one another. This is how we look after the marginalised. This is how we look after, you know, everybody, basically. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I like that as well, in the sense, because I think... Mm-hmm. One of the mm. things that drives people to into the arms of these, you know, mm. sort of extreme communities is that they don't have that sense of community where they live. They they feel isolated. They feel abandoned. They have some of the valid concerns that you know we've obviously discussed already. And I think when you have that local community, that sense of identity that is positive and mm. nurturing, and obviously you know community based, that you're probably far less likely to be disenchanted and and you know rolled in with these sort of far right and, and extremist groups yeah i mean if you've got like a like if you have like a community soup kitchen just to use an example um then that's that's something that people will know if i have trouble or you know, community feedback if, if there's lots of people being involved in that then people will know if i'm in trouble then it, you know i'm not yeah. I, I can uh, there's something that i can take advantage of mm-hmm. and i mean there's there's this is great example in in a couple of london boroughs what they did is they they bought a, a couple of shop fronts, right? And they put things like sewing machines and uh, tools and a couple of computers in there. Mm-hmm. And they, I think, I don't even know if they hired people. I think they hired like uh, somebody just to make sure to watch them. Mm-hmm. Um, they basically hired a security guard to, to start with, right? But what happened to these places was that there was no specific use. It was just a community space. Mm-hmm. And people came into them. And over the six months, I think six month trial or twelve months, I can't remember how long the trial was. Mm-hmm. But after the, the, the trial, you had people in there who had self organized particular groups. There was like a study club in the evenings. There was a creche and you know, childcare, free childcare yep. for people in the community. There was a sewing circle. There was a place you could bring your clothes to be mended. Mm-hmm. Right? There were old, you know, old fellas in there with the tools who who were showing people how to how to fix things. Yep. I mean, that sort of community solidarity, that like it was a huge success. Mm-hmm. And 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 I, I I can't quite quote the figures here, yeah. but I do remember that there was a there was a significant drop in crime in the surrounding area, yeah. in the surrounding the the shop front where they opened this. That's amazing. So, 
that's that's the kind of thing that we need to be focusing yeah, on. Yeah, man. I think that we talked to, on the podcast, we, we talked mm. quite a bit about politics and mental health issues. And one of the mm. main things when we're talking to people about how, yeah. do we, how do we fix this epidemic, how do we fix this, is yeah. it, it, it always comes down to the local community. And we need to yeah. sort of come together on a local level. Um, mm. And that seems to be one of the, the main things is that we don't do that anymore, that we don't know our neighbours, that we don't trust each other, that we're constantly looking over our shoulders at each other. It's almost like we're in a big, massive competition with each other mm-hmm. to see who can get to the... who can get anything, not even to the top, but who can survive. It's it... That's right. And it may be even... It may be even... A, not, I'm not trying to be a conspiracy theorist here. It may be even a, a conscious choice that, that, you know, some of this is this is happening, that the mm-hmm. people are trying to get people to... to at each other's throats. People yeah. are taking advantage of that. That's what yeah, I'm saying. Yeah, People are taking advantage of that. 100%. But if we if if we sort of make that the you know the golden rule is that you know we work on building communities, then I think you, you're going to sort of people are going to people are going to pay a lot more attention to their neighbours than than some some idiot with a megaphone um, mm. telling to get foreigners out and stuff. I think yeah. that's what you're going to find. Yeah, that's a, that, that's a that's a great message for us to end on, Mike. Yeah. Like, thanks very yeah. much for skyping in with us. I know that. Sitting mm-hmm. talking over Skype can be difficult to spend try to have a conversation, but I think we've done uh, really no, well, man. Really appreciate it. I had a great time. Yeah, Absolutely. and Thanks very much. The, the the contribution to this podcast that you've done, mate, it's been excellent, man, and everything that we've spoke about. So I yep. wholeheartedly appreciate it. Yeah. So no oh. thanks very much, mate. Yeah. And all the best for the future, my friend. All right, thank you. Cheers. Cheers, man. Bye.